A disclaimer here, after listening through this podcast interview, I realized that there was some sound issues, but I felt like the conversation was worth sharing anyway. So just apologies for the sound quality and hopefully uh, the message will come through. Ask Dr. Julie Hanks, a safe place for healing conversations that educate and empower you to prioritize your dreams, revolutionize your family, and personalize your faith. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Hanks, a psychotherapist and coach offering online courses and programs to help women all over the world heal themselves and their relationships. Join me here every week as I coach a listener through a specific challenge and empower them with tools to find healing. With me today, I have Elizabeth. Welcome to the show, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for having me here today. What is your question for me today? Um, My question is about, um, I've learned so much about partnership parenting um, and partnership in the home from you. And I was really enjoying learning about that last year after I found your channel. Um, And I... I, my husband and I started implementing things and I thought it was going really well, but he ended up committing suicide last year. And, um, <laughs> oh my gosh, a single mom. And it's kind of interesting trying to figure out how to navigate those things I was learning about, but like there no longer is a partner. It's just me. I don't plan to get remarried or, you know, in, I, I mean, maybe one day, like a long time from now, but I want to figure out how to have I don't know, still provide the things that I was trying to work towards with just me. Do I try and get my kids to sort of partner up with some things? They're pretty little um, or what? That was kind of my question. So my, for background, my kids are 11, uh, seven and four, and they have some pretty high needs and also they're going through some trauma. So, yes, I am so sorry to hear about your husband that I can't imagine. Like I'm still, I heard your question, but I'm kind of stuck on that. Like that's a, that's a huge thing. It is huge. It's been a crazy year. I am so sorry. My heart is just, oh, just breaking for you and your family. I'm so sorry. And I'm, I'm just amazed you're even thinking about partnership at this point and how you can implement it. Well, I still have to, you know, live my life and do things that I have to work. I don't like before I was trying to motivate my husband to understand that I should be allowed to work. And, and so I was working towards those kinds of things. Now I have to work. Now I have to also keep the house clean. All those Mm -hmm. things that we were delegating out who does what and how Mm -hmm. this works. It's all on my shoulders (laughs) and uh, it's heavy. It's really heavy. Yeah. Along with the grief, right? Well, and it's a very complicated grief. We didn't have a great marriage. He was Mm -hmm. unwell with his mental illness for years. Um, Mm. And the last few months I thought that he was doing great. I thought he was doing fine. I didn't realize, I I don't know. I've heard that I guess people seem to get better right before they take their life. So I, I thought he was completely fine. Um, But, but it did make the death a lot more complicated because there's some relief that comes with not caring for someone who's ill anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. even though you wish that they were still around. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, Really complicated. Yeah. Well, it feels like not trivial, but it feels trivial to talk about like chores in the house, but you still, like you're saying, you still have to move forward and you still have to run a household and you're working and now you're a single parent and, 
And so, yeah, how do you, how do you move forward and create partnership? And what do you expect from your kids? Right. What do I expect from them? What do I expect from myself? How do I renegotiate in my own brain? What Mm -hmm. my own expectations of myself are. I have a lot on the go with decisions in life, deciding whether to get my master's or to get a, a better job or, you know, so, so I have to figure out how to, yeah, navigate the house. Yeah. Yeah. Do your kids contribute? They were contributing leading up to my husband's death. After he died, I kind of lost control of the household in a sense. I mostly Mm -hmm. just sat on the couch for about two months. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And so during that time when we had help, then they did contribute because we had like a helper, you know, like um, one of my kids has disabilities. um, uh, So we had someone there helping out in the household. And so that person helped my kids to help out, I guess, or encourage them Mm -hmm. when I wasn't in a mom brain. And then when I got back into my mom brain, I haven't tried yet to do much. Um, I kind of, um, the only ways that I have is if they want to have screen time, they have to do a chore first after school. So like they'll unload the dishwasher and that's really all that I have done. But Mm -hmm. we used to do a lot more than that. We used to have like a Saturday cleaning as a family and and they used to have a chore that they were expected to do every day, regardless of screen time. Um, mm-hmm. There used to be a lot more family um, partnership that right now, mm-hmm. like everything just fell apart and I have to rebuild and figure out mm-hmm. what I want. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. So have you been able to lower your expectations and kind of give yourself a lot of grace and give your kids a lot of grace right now? Yeah, I definitely have. My husband, he did suffer from obsessive compulsive disorder and and our house was like perfectly clean all the time. Mm-hmm. It is not like that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I would, I would say most of the time it's completely a mess. Um, but there is an aspect to like our home runs better and our, my kids are happier and we're all happier together when the house is more clean. So it was like, I swung to this opposite side of the pendulum where my house was a disaster and everyone was kind of like angry, I think, Mm -hmm. partially because of the, the like feel in the home because it was so messy. And now I'm trying to find some balance in between what his unrealistic expectations were and what is a realistic thing as we move forward through grief and trauma and change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The one idea I have for you is the concept of more often than not. So more often than not, my house is clean. More often than not, my kids do their chores. More often than not, I'm a good mom, right? Like <laughs> for me, I, I've struggled with perfectionism in my life, not, not obsessive compulsive disorder, but, and that's really helped me to have kind of find that middle ground right? where it's like more often than not. <laughs> You know? Yeah. So more often than not, your your kids do their chores or your house is clean. So what might that look like? Well, currently, more often than not, my house is not clean. Okay. <laughs> and I think it is impacting everyone's um, like mental health. Yeah. And that's the thing I think that I want to figure out how to change. And maybe I just figure out how to change it by hiring somebody, which is something I've been considering. But yeah. I, if you I don't do, you have know. the resources for that. Uh, so my husband's death was complicated. And because of that, we will get life insurance, but they have to wait until they can figure out the exact cause of death. I mean, we all know, but like right. the doctors have to, you know, or the medical examiner has to say what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and so until that comes through, I don't have life insurance money. I will get it for sure, but 
Yeah. Who knows when? Just waiting. It's only yeah. been eight months. So I don't exactly have the resources. Um, I've considered going into debt though. I've never been in debt before except for school and a house. And I'm out of debt for my schooling. But I thought, well, I know for sure that this million dollars is coming. Yeah. And I need help now. I don't need help then. Like I'll probably be more settled right. then. So I'm I don't really know what to do. And it's COVID and where, where I live, it's really locked down. So it's not like oh. I can trade services with a friend. It's not, right. we don't have those same opportunities to have help from family. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so complex. Okay. If you can hire someone to support your family during this time, I would seriously consider that just to kind of help you keep your head above water and are you okay hiring someone? I mean, some people feel shame or guilt, like I should be able to do all no, this myself. I don't feel like I should be able to do all this myself. I should have a partner and I yeah. don't. And yeah. if I, if there was one thing I could do with that money, it would be like, this sounds kind of rude almost to the death. I don't know, but it's, it's to like replace that partnership that I can't have. You right. Know, like that's to build in to support money. Yeah. 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 So I would seriously consider that. In terms of expecting things of your kids, something that's worked well for our family is when our kids are about six or seven, they're assigned jobs and those jobs never change until they leave the house because there's no chore charts, there's no stickers, there's no, it's like you own the dishwasher. If anything needs to be, you know, this is your job and it doesn't change. I love that. Because it's like, no, it's not my week. Like, I just can't do that. (laughs) I just don't want to do that. So that's worked for us. So they become specialists in their area of expertise in the house. (laughs) Did you negotiate that with them? Did you have sit down and say, what kind of chores would you like to do? Or did you just assign them and let the fallout be what the fallout is? If they were like, but I hate the dishwasher. I wish my job was sweeping all the time. Yeah, I'm, I can't remember the initial conversation. Uh, I think it was just like, okay, well, you're, you're old enough to, con, you know, to contribute other than cleaning your own room and picking up stuff. And so our family needs you to be in charge of unloading the dishwasher at least once every single day. So whenever that needs to be done, that's you. That's your job. You know, I, mom goes to work. Dad goes to work. This is your contribution. So there's no fighting. There's no, it's not my turn. There's no rotating. It just doesn't take any brain power other than just saying, have you done your chores? Okay. Y'all turn on your screen. I love that. Cause I, it, I definitely need things that take less brain power. I feel like I've been watching different people's ideas on YouTube about chore rotations and things and thinking this is so complicated and my brain can't take one more oh, thing. That's how I've always felt like, do I really want to waste energy on some complicated system and I'm sure it works, but that's just not my style. <laughs> yeah. And, and so that's, that's worked well for us and it takes less from us as parents to make sure they do it. And they don't have a lot of chores, but it's, it's just the same thing. Like the trash needs to be taken out. We know whose job that is. <laughs> yeah. So no question about it. I love that. It's a really good idea. I guess my next question to myself is I have to decide what is age appropriate or what will be something that they could become a specialist in that's not too much, you know, doing all yeah. the laundry. Is that too much or? Yeah. And, and when they turn 
like 11 ish or 12 ish, that's when my kids do their own laundry. Mm-hmm. So they don't do the family laundry because that's a lot, but each of them do their own. And then my husband and I do our, our stuff. So you could do yours and the little kids and then have your, you have an 11 year old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Teach your 11 year old. Here's how you run the, it's not that hard, you know? Yeah. I've been teaching like my four-year-old could probably do it. He knows mm-hmm. like I bring him with me every time I do it. So they probably could do that. It's just more the amount. So I like the idea of just having them do their own. I came home last night later and noticed that there was a load of laundry in and assumed that the babysitter that I'd had had done it and woke up and found out my 11 year old had thrown in her laundry because she needed a pair of pants. And I was so excited. Yes. Yeah. So make that explicit. Like you are amazing and you can do your own laundry. And so that just plan on that every week. That's something, you know, that's your stewardship. That's your contribution. And it also teaches responsibility for their own self and their own needs and their own things. Yeah. 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 So um, how old's your youngest? Four. Four. Okay. So, you know, four, I would kind of, they have to pick up their stuff, right? But that's about it. He really doesn't do much. When we have like a family chore day, then he kind of just toddles around behind us while we're working. And I, part of me doesn't like that because he's a boy and everyone else is girls. And I think, oh no, what's he learning here? <laughs> but I tell myself as he gets older, no, I, that's when he'll do more. It's right. fine. Right. <laughs> right. Well, it's nice that you're aware of that. Like, okay, I want to make sure that this isn't just, you know, defined by gender. So yeah, I'm like his dad cleaned a lot, but he's not ever going to see that. So yeah. 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 So do you have questions about like specifically what's age appropriate for I am really curious. I I don't really know what to expect of them. I, and, and I also want to be aware of like what it takes out of me. So like my four-year-old, when my girls are unloading the dishwasher, often they will be like, he should, he should be putting away the utensils. And I say, Oh, that's a great idea. Sure. But then they're like, mom, make him. I'm like, no, I'm in the middle of something for work right now. I'm a journalist. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. writing an article. Mm-hmm. I need to finish this article. I can't go over and make him. You're welcome to try and encourage him to do that. But like, that's not something that that I can do right now. So yeah. you know, if I put them in charge of certain chores, I want it to be something that's manageable for me to help them do and not requiring even more work of me in a time when I just feel like I have so much pressure. Yeah. So much yeah. Pressure. And I think it's perfectly fine to say, nope, he's not assigned jobs until he's five. So yeah. Unload the utensils. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's your thing. So yeah, I think um you know, five, six, and each kid's different, right? You have to really uh, take that into account. But, you know, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds can take out the trash, can can take out the recycling, can sweep a floor or, you know, vacuum a certain area. I mean, you don't want to overwhelm them, right? But I think it's important for kids to have some ownership over the home. So they see that it's theirs too. It's not just mom's job. This is mom's house. Mom's, you know, no, this is our, our thing together. And, and so that's another suggestion I have for you is using our, our house, our dishes our you know, and not thanks for doing the dishes for me. It's thanks for doing the dishes for our family. Yeah. I love that. I really have been trying to change my language. We did a little bit of house renovations after my husband passed away because it just, I needed it to look less like his home. And, Mm. um, and then my son was drawing on the wall and I was like, don't draw on mommy's wall. And then I realized, oh no, like 
don't draw on your wall. Like this mm-hmm. is also so your home and you want it to be beautiful mm-hmm. for you. So and then yeah. I found a better place to draw. But good, good. I like the idea of changing the language. So what so you have a five and eleven. What about the other two? You have two more? So four, eleven, and seven is the four. Oh, four, eleven, and seven. Okay. So the seven-year-old, like what yeah, what so right would now you... she mostly unloads a dishwasher. Mm-hmm. So I could probably give the eleven year old a more complicated task and then have the seven year old do the dishwasher. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. And then figure out maybe have like a little pick up toys at the end of the day for the four-year-old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds great. And then maybe they have so those are like daily jobs, and then they have one on Saturday or you know, one or two bigger ones, vacuum you know, the main area of the house or that they have to do on Saturday. That's good. Or on the weekend or whenever. Okay. Feels, feels doable. It does feel doable. I don't know why I was getting so worked up about it, but I think it's more just like the complexity of the time in my life and wanting to make sure I wasn't putting so much burden on them when they're also navigating way more grief, I think, than I am, or a different kind of grief than Mm. I am. Mm -hmm. They're daddy, they love him, and it's sad for them. Right, and they're kids, they're little, they don't have, they don't have the tools that you have. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. Does, does this plan kind of feel doable for you? Yeah, it does. I love that it's like a forever plan. It's not like (laughs) it never changes. (laughs) So like I have to like six months from now reassess. I mean, I always could reassess, but it's not like I have to reassess. There's so many things in my life that I'm always like, oh, is this working out? Should I reassess this? Whereas this is like, you are always going to be in charge of this forevermore. It feels so, it feels very comforting to me. Oh, good. Good. Wonderful. So any other um, questions about partnership with your kids? No, I I don't know if I have any other questions because I don't know what else to ask. I just feel like it's such a strange um, mind uh, paradigm shift to go Mm -hmm. from, I was working so hard with my husband. That was literally what we had talked about every day for months was Mm. like how to create this partnership home, like who was doing the grocery shopping and who was doing the driving and everything. We went over everything and I thought we had this perfect system worked out. And now there are things that, of course, my kids cannot do. It's just me. Like, I'm, right. I am going to do the driving because right. they're children. And so it's like, I don't even know what else they could be involved with in the partnership of the home other than mm-hmm. those chores. Because mm-hmm. most of these things are adult things and I'm the only adult. So Yeah, yeah. Um, it's also okay to expect them to help take care of each other. Of course, mm-hmm. not in an adult like re- they're responsible for, but you know, it's okay to ask the 11 year old, Hey, will you sit down with the seven year old and help do these worksheets for school for Mm -hmm. a few minutes? Like Mm -hmm. it's okay for them to support each other. As long as it's not a burden, like this is your responsibility, (laughs) but they can support each other Mm -hmm. um, in ways that, that aren't burdensome. Yeah. I love that. I think my 11 year old is really attuned to the situation. And there have been times where she's just, you know, I'm putting my four-year-old to bed and he's so difficult and she'll come in and be like, mom, do you need a break? Would you like me to lie down with him for five minutes? And I'll just like take a walk around the block and come Mm -hmm. back. Mm -hmm. And, and then I lie down with him. But I think being more observant and saying something to her, like I've appreciated the times you've done that. It's not your responsibility, but it's great to see you working on your relationship with your brother and helping me and supporting And so, you know, I could also, why why don't you read him a book before bed once a week or Mm -hmm. 
thinking yeah. of some ideas there. Yeah. And I love what you said about it, it's not your job. And I appreciate yeah. the support and the help. And also you can reinforce, you know, that it's really cool that you're so aware of the people around you. Mm-hmm. That's a really cool thing about you. Yeah. It is a really cool thing about her. She has mm-hmm. really, it sounds weird, but she's blossomed the last few months. So. Mm. Wow. Wow. You have a lot on your plate, Elizabeth. A yeah, lot on I mean, your plate. Aside from all of that, I have, now that I'm moving forward in this new direction, I have three different schools that accepted me to their programs. And I have a few different jobs that I'm looking at and like an interview tomorrow. And I, and they all are conflicting. And so, oh, it's a lot. I mean, while I'm so great and I feel like I'm thriving, I have all these opportunities. It is really heavy to make decisions. We also recently left the church right before my husband passed away. And so, you know, learning how to make decisions has been difficult. So it's a, it's a heavy time of life, but, but I see like this light at the end of the tunnel where I, everything is, everything is good. Even all these things that are happening, it's all Mm -hmm. good. I mean, there was this huge, terrible part of it. Right, right. Everything is actually coming right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. School and a job and everything and learning how to trust myself, making decisions for myself and not wait for my priesthood holder to tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. It's good learning experience for me. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful that you're, you're kind of entering this season, even though you're dealing with this tragedy that you can really kind of grow and develop new parts of yourself. Yeah. And that's, that's really hopeful. You know? Yeah. I'm grateful. I had, you know, been following you because Prior to that, I didn't know what my hobbies were. I didn't know what my interests were. I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. Well, maybe I sort of did that, but like it, it really helped me to explore myself as a person outside of being just a mother at a time when I didn't know I was going to need it. Right. I'm, oh, wonderful. So, yeah. Oh, thank you for that feedback. That makes me feel really good. I like to be helpful. And so that makes me feel good about myself. Like I'm doing what I'm. I'm on the planet to do. So thank you. I completely agree that you are. I, I've discovered my own hobbies and my own like career development and all these things because I thought I'm more than a mother. That's not just who I am. So who am I? And I spent last year figuring that out and then suddenly had to implement it really fast. So yeah. 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 Wow. <laughs> You've been doing a lot of work, a lot of work on you. Good job. Thanks. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like it's serving you well now in this time of transition and grief. So good job. Yeah, I'm glad that I had exposure to all that right before this happened. Yeah. So. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, let's kind of summarize what we've talked about in this session relating to partnership with your kids. Um, I think if I could summarize it, I would say, you know, there is a partnership that happens in a home, even with children, because it's our home, not my mm-hmm. home. And mm-hmm. so we're all going to pitch in and we're going to pitch in in a way that we don't have to, it doesn't have to be complicated. We don't have to look at it again in the future unless we need to, but you know, they just know that forevermore, they'll become a specialist in X. Um, my, my seven-year-old, the dishwasher, it'll forever be her job. And um, that it, while I can also have them partner up with me in, in certain um, caregiving roles or, you know, relationship building roles with their siblings, it's not their job. And that it's my job to point out that it's not their job, um, yeah. you know, to give them opportunities and ask them for their support or help in certain areas, but also make sure that they know that they're not the parent mm-hmm. um, so that they can feel like that, that comfort and peace of like, this is still my childhood, even though 
you know, I, you know, you hear stories where a parent dies and then the person says, and then I became the mom. And, mm-hmm. and when they, when I was supposed to live my childhood, I definitely don't want that to happen to my children. And so I want to be aware of that. And, um, yeah, just uh, making or getting help if I can figure out a way to get help so that our house can be clean in a sense, not perfectly clean, but a clean enough that everyone can get along and feel good and mm-hmm. feel normal. Yeah. So it can function and yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I just want to add more often than not. Yeah. More you know, than more not. often than not, <laughs> our house is clean or I'm a patient mother yeah. or I, you know, read a book to my four-year-old or that's something I want to transition to because I feel like right after my husband died more often than not I was sitting on the couch doing absolutely nothing not participating Mm -hmm. in life Mm -hmm. and um, I've definitely like this pendulum has been swinging constantly where I suddenly get invested in everything and then it feels overwhelming and I do nothing again and go onto the couch again and um, I, uh, yeah, figuring out how to be in the more often than not phase. Right. It's kind of <laughs> in the middle, like, all right, you know, <laughs> good effort most of the time. So, yeah. uh, well, Elizabeth, I've really enjoyed our conversation. I hope it's been helpful for you. And I mm-hmm. just wish you the best on this new chapter in your life. And, um, I'm just so sorry that you and your family have gone through this really difficult tragedy. Um, but it it sounds like you're you're moving through it and that's that's very helpful yep I feel very grateful to the team that I have to help me move figure out how to move through it my my mom and my sisters and my therapist and yeah I've been been able to move through it really well so good good well thank you again for being on the show today thanks for having me it was nice to meet you nice to meet you too okay have a good day okay thanks Elizabeth Thank you for listening to Ask Dr. Julie Hanks, a podcast helping real women seek solutions to life's biggest challenges. If you'd like to learn more, you can connect with me on social media at Dr. Julie Hanks and at drjuliehanks.com, where you'll find information about virtual groups, coaching, and online courses. For therapy services in Utah, visit wasatchfamilytherapy.com. And if you are enjoying this podcast, please consider reviewing and rating it on Apple Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. talk to Dr. Julie Hanks about this question. Well, now's your chance. I want to have you on my podcast. So email hello at drjuliehanks.com with your question and the reason why you want to be on the podcast. And we may just choose you for a free coaching session.